0: Jets fans, I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode, another week <laughs> of discussing, dissecting, analyzing, whatever whatever word you want to throw on it for this latest version, this 2018 version of Jets which looks an awful lot like the 2017 version and the 2016 version. And I'm fed up, folks. And I know a lot of you are as well. This isn't just about the fact that they lost to the Patriots. We all expected that. This isn't about the fact that the team is not going to playoffs this year. We've known that for some time. We all expected that. it's it's just about how many weeks in a row you watch a team lose and watch them doing it in a way that is just so predictable in that you know its best players aren't going to be utilized opposing offenses aren't going to have to worry, aren't going to have to worry about facing any pressure from the defense Quarterbacks are going to have all day to sit back and throw. Offense looked completely lost. One touchdown this week. One touchdown the week before. None the week before that. One touchdown the week before that. I mean, and I've, I've had this. I'm not going to go through this again because I'm tired of saying it. I'm tired of talking about it. But I'm only going to mention this because I thought of a good, not so much comparison, but the whole, there are no, you know, there are, there are no weapons, the, the, we, we don't have any receivers, guys, and I thought back to a few years ago when the Jets had Stephen Hill, David Nelson, um, Clyde Gates, maybe Jeremy Curley was probably the best receiver on that team. That, that's no weapons. That's a team you can look at and say, Jesus, these guys are bad. And that, and, you know, that, was, that was a team Geno Smith quarterbacked. Now, Geno was bad. We know he was bad. And he didn't do much with that, with that group of receivers, as we've talked about a million times. My issue with Geno there was always that it was the same mistakes over and over. It was thrown into double coverage. It was, you know, the one read and throw or one read and panic get sacked. He looked lost. I mean, people who said he didn't have a valid point about the the lack of weapons. It was the way the way he panicked under pressure and made the again. But that that's a that's a different discussion discussion for a different time. This is just about Sam Darnold. Or sorry, Darnold's not even in. Darnold's not even playing at this point. We'll talk about that too. This offense we need to move the ball or put up points. Again and again and again. The Jeremy Bates experiment has got to be you can only call it an enormous failure. Todd Bowles is a handpicked guy after firing John Morton, which we've talked about Many times on this show. Bates again. This team. As much as they've struggled this year. I mean this was a game. Again they were they were never going to win this game. But that doesn't mean. An offensive coordinator. Who's got. An offensive line that has struggled for much of the season in the run game. And then you come out against new England, a team whose run defense isn't very good. And all of a sudden you get a little something going on the ground. Nothing great. You know, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't like uh, Isaiah Crowell against the Broncos. Good. I'm not saying that, but they were at four yards a pop. And you felt like when they ran the ball, they were always getting a little something. We weren't seeing, you know, weren't seeing four or five runs that got stuffed in the backfield, followed by a 12 or 13-yard run that padded the numbers and made it look not quite as bad. This was this was four yards a carry. Not a bad job from the backs. The old better than they have in recent weeks. And the Jets run the ball 12 times. 12 times. They throw it 45. 45 12 is the run pass ratio. Pass run ratio. 45 pass attempts for Josh McCown, who, by the way, didn't play very well. He he injured his 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 thumb on his throwing hand, and he threw he threw some of the worst passes we've seen him throw as a jet, so that may have been an issue. So you got your backup quarterback playing with a with a bad thumb. Your running game gets a little something going, and, and let's face it, one of one of the only ways you give yourself a chance against a guy like Tom Brady. All control, keep the ball out of his hands. You should want to go I mean, going into that game, going before before kickoff, before you know that your running game's doing all right. The goal going into that game should be let's pound it against this defense that's sort of what twenty fourth, twenty fifth in the NFL against the run, whatever it is. I don't have the number in front of me. Don't really care. It doesn't matter at this point. But a team that isn't very good against the run with an all time, you would think, okay, well, the goal is going to be to go in there and pound the hell out of it, throw it when you have to, and keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. That's what you might think. But instead, th- this was some, I saw somebody tweet this out, um, and I, I don't remember who it was, but in all honesty, uh, it was the perfect tweet to me because it was the exact thought that I had during the game. I said, this reminds me of the time had Mark Sanchez throw the ball fifty times against the Giants in that that Christmas Eve game many years ago with the Victor Cruz hundred yard touchdown, ninety nine yard touchdown. I don't I don't understand why you go so heavy on one side of the offense, knowing knowing what you've got to work with what you're up against and so rather than that calls for your offense to keep the ball away from Tom Brady you go in there and you just throw the hell out of the thing somebody help me understand what you're thinking there somebody help me understand the logic and saying we're going to do everything we can to get the ball into Tom Brady's hands as quickly as possible. We're averaging four, but we're just going to keep having Josh McCown drop back and and, and chuck it up there. Quincy Anunua looked like he was going to have himself a big game, four catches, 70 yards in the first half. Second half, nothing. Gets shut out. Jeremy Bates, once again, finds a way to make a, a receiver disappear. It's something it's it's a theme with him. It's been a theme for the season. This year are our, our non factors this year. Although obviously Jermaine Kurz had himself a solid day. We're gonna go to the phones right now. And it looks like uh let's see. This is uh I'm gonna guess this is uh Simone out of uh out of Palm Bay, am I right? <laughs>
1: Yep, it's CJ Glenn. How are you?
0: Good, man. How you doing?
1: Oh man, you know <laughs> this season's got me on suicide watch. I'll tell you the truth, but you know it's it's, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's ridiculous.
1: It, it's it's getting to be Cotite esque, where the only thing that's missing is Todd Bowles just going up and saying, "Yeah, we're not going to try the shovel pass next week. I promise." Yeah. You know, that's the
0: only thing that's missing. It, it it's ridiculous. What the the thing that the thing that makes this so so maddening, I mean there are a lot of things that, that make this maddening and frustrating or whatever you want to say whatever you want to call it. it th- this season, Todd Bowles has managed to fall short of expectations in a season that didn't have any expectations. Like nobody nobody expected great things. I, I thought, I said this could be an eight or nine win team. I thought you won five last year. You added a number one corner who has regressed under Todd Bowles. You added a center who has regressed under Todd Bowles. You, you replaced Demario Davis with a younger line. is as good as or better than Demario Davis and a, and a few years younger. You were going to get Quincy Inunua back and add him to the Anderson curse duo. And you were going to get a healthy Brian Winters back. I mean, these are, all, these are not small things. You, you were going to go from a, a right guard who didn't belong on the field because of his injury last year and get a solid player. You were going to get a better center. You were going to get an upgraded corner. So when you win five games and you upgrade at cornerback one and, you know as we discussed, Mo Claiborne becomes the number two instead of the number one. So that ideally should be an upgrade. So you got a better corner at one, a better corner at two, a better guard. You're adding Quincy and you're getting better at your that rece- de- better depth at receiver, and and you can't score more than one touchdown. And and teams like the Buffalo Bills are, are 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 beating you in your own building, embarrassing you. And then you come out against the Patriots, you show you can run the, and you abandon the run. It's yep. it, Like I said, it's it would be like. It would be like if, if – what Todd Bowles has done with this team, it, I, I, can't, I can't get my head around it. It would be like if you were a janitor, and they were like, dude, all we need you to do tomorrow is mop the floor with a wet mop. Don't even worry about soap. Don't worry about shining. Don't worry about waxing. Just run a wet mop over the floor, and you get to keep your job. And the dude pukes on the floor and leaves. Like, that, that's it. That, that's the – the expectations were so low so 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 little was being asked of you as a head coach, stay competitive and you know beat teams like the Browns, beat teams like the Bills, find ways to stay competitive against teams that we know are are much better and he hasn 't been able to do it and i mean the the only, the only so that the weeks go on is that it 's one less week of Todd Bowles. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And, and you know, you, you summed it up very well. I mean, basically, the wheels came off the wagon right after the, the Miami Dolphins game. This is a game in which defense ruled, in which the offenses could not get out of their own way. And had it not been for a Sam Donald pick six, the Jets win that game six to three in an absolute snooze fest. Okay. Let's not kid ourselves. Matt Barkley was not coming into the Buffalo Bills as some sort of world beater. The dude was sitting on his ass eating potato chips a week before the Buffalo Bills called him. And he comes in, he gets his playbook less than five days before he takes the field against the Jets. And he hangs 41 points on you. Chris Johnson should have marched from his skybox down to the locker room and fired Todd Bowles' ass right there, right there. Okay. But, we couldn't do that. No, the embarrassment needed to get worse, okay? And what's even – what's what's the icing on top of this, you know, giant slap fest of a cake that we have that we call the 2018 New York Jets season is poor Sam Donald re-injures a, a, a foot that he injured back in high school. That's the reason why they're taking such kid gloves with him. But you go through the offensive line, the offensive line has been – you know, pedestrian at best. Okay, you you thought that Brian Winter's coming off an injury. He was going to come back with a vengeance. Nothing. Spencer Long has been a complete and utter disgrace. He should. He, the Jets should ask for a 50% refund for his contract because that's just a joke. Okay, Kelvin Beecham is exactly what we thought he was. Closet trash. Plain and simple. Didn't matter that he had a knee injury. Didn't matter that he came off ACL surgery. He was He was... You know, bottom tier. When the Jets picked him up from Jacksonville, and he's proven to be nothing more than that. Poor James Carpenter has to now block for three different guys because the guys to the guys to was right of him thing for him. You know, it 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 it's a joke. Week in and week out, we watch our quarterbacks, our running backs get pounded. You, you know, it 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 becomes just a ridiculous joke. Then we all get teased, Glenn. You know how we got teased. Let me tell you how we got teased, buddy. We got teased when they came out and they played the Patriots. And it was 7 nothing, And we took the lead. And we all of a sudden said, oh, my God, the Jets finally woke up. Here we go. We got a lead. You know how long that lead lasted, Glenn? You know how long? Two minutes and 29 seconds, Glenn. That's how long that lead lasted.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. Like. I would I I would say as far as the O line goes, it sounds like you and I disagree a little bit. I think James Carpenter is. I mean, I think he's probably been. I mean, he's had some terrible games this season. He's had some solid games, but I, I would I would rate as a middle of the road guy as far as left tackles go. Look at some of these other teams out there, and some of these other tackles. I look, I watch guys like Deshaun Watson and Eli Manning. Um, and these guys are legitimately – I mean, the beating they're taking is unbelievable. And I think Carpenter – or, sorry, not Carpenter. I think Beachum is I, – I think what I said he was, it was a middle-of-the-pack guy. Um, so, I, I don't think he's garbage. He's far from dominant. Brian Winters has been inconsistent. He's been – I mean, he's been infinitely better than last year. But, he. you know, again, he shouldn't have even been on the field. Spencer – I'm, I'm not ready to write Spencer Long off until I see him play healthy for a little bit because, let's face it, He here's a guy who's trying to compensate for, for the fact that he can't snap the ball properly. By the time he comes out of his stance, he knows that Sam Darnold is already running for his life because he's got to chase the ball, you know, 10 yards down the field because Todd Bowles, for some reason, didn't think it was important to take him out of the game where he was just chucking the ball all over the yard. I, I mean, That was a game right. where I, I can't remember – you know, let, let's face it. When you, know, what we, when, when you, when you watch the nationally televised, local game, whatever it is, the broadcasters generally treat the coaches with kid gloves. They're very slow to be critical because they know they have to interview these guys and they don't want to come off as being assholes. I get all that. But even the broadcasters in that game, I, I think what they said was, you know, what more does Todd Bowles have to see before he benches Spencer Long? which is I, right. I, had tweeted, I had tweeted about 10 minutes before that. It's time to bench Spencer long. Then everyone, whether it was fans, whether it was former players, whether it was analysts, everybody across the board is like, why is this guy not benching Spencer long? And then we find out later that Donald hurts his foot during that game. I think he's out this long again, just my, my, I'm not saying I, I, I know this for a fact, I think this injury was worse than they were letting on, and they took the approach of, let's say it's a strain, and then we can just drag it out for a couple of extra weeks rather than say, we just got this dude hurt, and he's going to miss four to six weeks. Because by the time this is all said and done... But see, here's, here's,
1: here, here's the caveat to that, Glenn. Okay, if that's the case, bolts should have been fired on the spot. Bold I, I should have been that fired the time. on the spot.
0: Because, I, before, because it's
1: like... It, i tell you, the first person who should have gotten fired before Todd Bowles was Rick Dennison because the whole purpose that he was brought in was this zone-blocking scheme is supposed to help everybody. It's supposed to, it, it's supposed to help our quarterback. It's supposed to help the run game. This zone-blocking scheme hasn't done crap except do nothing but waste the running game, get Sam Donald hurt, and, and just completely ground this offense.
0: I, I said at the time, I, I said after that, that game, because if you remember, we didn't know to he like him hurt. And I said, the right. only reason, uh, I said, Todd Bowles is lucky Sam Darnold wasn't hurt, because if he was, that's, that's great. And then a day or two later, we find out that he was hurt. They say right. it's a foot strain, not even a sprain. We're saying a strain. Like, you know how long it should take a pro athlete for a strain to heal? couple weeks.
1: Right, a week to two weeks at, at minimum.
0: Yeah, it's a two- to four-week injury depending on severity. You can't tell me it was that severe because they had him out of the walking boot after a few days. He wore a boot for a few days. They took it off. And now here we are how many weeks later, and they're saying he may not play this week. He'll be back the following week. So he may miss another two weeks. So you're telling me this guy's going to miss five, maybe more weeks because of a, a strain that required a boot for a couple of days. It just doesn't add up. I think again. I think yeah. they knew. I, I I don't see how a guy misses this much time. And, and you know, and the broadcaster said during the game that you know d- during their time with Darnold, he said he didn't have any pain. He was ready to go. Um, pain sometimes. This is where I kind of don't
1: get. This is this is where I don't get the Jets. Power hierarchy, Glenn And this is the thing that really, really aggravates me In 31 other teams Where the power hierarchy is normal Where your head coach answers to your GM Okay, your GM is responsible For getting you this talent The head coach's responsibility is to get there, To coach these guys And to, and to get them on the field why, why wasn't the conversation Had between Mike McCagnon And Todd Bowles to To say, what are you doing? What are you doing out there? You guys are getting absolutely killed. Why aren't you starting some of these other guys? This guy looks like Dress. Why don't you put the other guy in? You know, it, it's, this is where the GM and the head coach being on equal footing and both of them report, reporting to the owner is just absolutely ridiculous and just makes the Jets look silly. It really does. And, and well, you know, for, for, an, for an organization who – and, Glenn, you know me. I've been, I've been a fan of this team. 2019 is going to be 40 years that I'm a fan of this team. I've watched this team go up and down and up and down and up and down again. Okay, I should own stock and tums how much this team has giving me Arjuna. All right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the, the problem is is that when Leon Hess was alive, God rest his soul, they weren't as much of a joke as they are now. With Woody at the helm, it's like I think that he just bought this team as a hobby just for something to do because he needed to spend $675 million on something. Okay. But if, if you're going to be the owner of this pro team, then you're respond- Nobody's asking you to be Jerry Jones. Nobody's asking you to be George Steinbrenner. Okay. We're just asking you to be competent and stop making this football team look like a division three football team. Okay. That, that's what? all we're asking as, as,
0: Listen, it, it's a valid point. I've been I've been pretty easy on ownership over the years while a lot of people have blown up at them. Um as far as the structuring of the front office, I'm not, I agree it, it it's a weird they're not the only team. I know the uh Miami and I I want to say Atlanta, a couple of other this is something that teams were experimenting with. But I think this was a knee-jerk reaction that Woody had after dealing with Rex and Idzik who were probably pointing the finger at one another privately. And Woody kind of felt like, all right, rather than have one guy under the other and and coming into my office and saying, well, I can't do this because this guy won't let me. And then the other guy says, well, he wants this, but I want that. Then Woody took the step to say, and he'll report to you and you both report to me. It was a knee-jerk reaction to a bad situation that they created. Um, and it, ha- it hasn't worked out. And now, really, we don't know. I mean, I I like Chris Johnson so far. But the the reality of the situation is, you know, league rules may say that Woody Johnson isn't allowed to be involved, but we don't know that he's not involved. We don't know that we don't know that Chris Johnson didn't say, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to let go of Todd Bowles with the bye week. And maybe Woody says, don't do. I don't know. Honestly, it's one about since we don't know in terms of, you know, who's making the decisions. But what we do know and what what needs to stop. And I said this before Bowles was hired and I feel even stronger about it now. Is that. I, I know all the names that are being thrown around—the Di Filippo and the Lafleurs and and this guy and that guy. I just yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear w- about
1: I, any of that. I don't I, want to hear about any head coach head coaching vacancy head head coaching. You know what I want to focus on, Glenn? Seriously, the only thing I want to focus on is these next five games. What can we do to properly develop Sam Donald going into next year? That's what I think. Okay, that should be the main focus, not. Who's the next sexy name who the Jets are going to throw out there? Oh, yeah, there's rumors of this guy being linked to the Jets and rumors to that guy being linked to the Jets because, you know what, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's all crap. It really is because no one's going to know anything until Black Monday. And personally, I'll tell you something. If I'm Chris Johnson, okay, as soon as the clock hits triple zero in that Patriots game in Foxborough, and Todd Bowles goes up to that podium, and he's getting ready to give his final final post game press conference. If I'm Chris Johnson, this is what I do: I go, I tap, uh, I tap the mic. Hello, excuse me, everybody. Yeah, listen, we got a brief announcement to make. Todd, you're fired. Get out of here.
0: Listen, I, I don't think anyone disagrees with you at this point. I think he will it's- be. I mean, it, 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 it. it, it, it it, it makes the this is the biggest screw up of the of the season for 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 this team is not firing him at the bye, is that everyone knows he's a dead man walking. That's going to create a situation in the locker room where the the respect level for him from the players may not be what it would be if they thought he was going to be around next year. Yep. Um, again, I'm not I'm not pretending to know, but I'm just saying in terms of when when you have people in a situation where they know that the person who's in charge of barking out. Or- in their last few weeks on the job, you're not you don't you don't mind your p's and q's quite as much as you might otherwise. So Todd right. Bowles, you know, keeping him on board, it, uh, even even as someone who wants to see him gone, I I I don't like that. You know, whether it's on on a message board on you know if I go on JetNation.com and go on the forums, or if I go if I log on to you know the Jets the Jets page on Facebook to to see what Todd Bowles says after every comment is just fire Todd Bowles, fire this guy, fire this guy, fire this guy, fire this guy. And it's like, look, I get it, but but they're not going to fire. Like if they didn't fire him at the buy, they're not firing him. That was the golden opportunity. You had, you had, you will never have a better reason to fire. I've heard people tell me that this season is going to get worse than the Buffalo game. I disagree. That was rock bottom. You are not – they are not going to have another game where they lose by 31 to a quarterback who was out of the NFL a week before. That's not going to happen. That's like – that's up there with – you talked about co earlier. This was up there with the Monday night game when Rich Cotight put Vance Joseph on Tim Brown on national TV. Yep. Guy never, never played corner in his life and went out there and got smashed. It, it, yep. Games like that, that that's a, that's a once-in-a-lifetime game. That's Rex Ryan losing to the, to, to the Lions – Or Sorry, to the the Bills in the Lions Stadium, which to me wasn't as bad as this one. That one, at least you were playing an NFL caliber quarterback who basically had a nice short week of of, a nice long week of rest before, uh, before playing the Jets and playing for a little something as part of a community that was snowed under and people were getting killed in that storm. That was like a motivated, rested veteran team. That loss to me wasn't nearly as bad as losing to Matt Barkley on a few days of preparation in your own building by 31 friggin' points. And the Jets had, that was a golden opportunity for ownership to say, listen, the wheels have come off. This is a disaster. That done. Uh, we, we're going to, we're going to turn the reins over to Carl Durrell. Who's got five years of coaching experience at the division one level. He's been an NFL coordinator. He's been an NFL coach and he's going to, he's going to run the game. He's going to run the team for the next six weeks the next six games. That was a golden opportunity that the team missed. And now, unfortunately, you know, they're, they're stuck with a head coach who, again, dead man walking. Mike McCagnin, you know, I talked about it on here a few weeks ago. He's going to take some heat, too. Um, I, I, he's got a much better chance of surviving than Todd Bowles does. I'm not as not convinced. Not my eyes. No, I, I think not, he does. Not, I I think getting not Sam... Not my by, eyes. Although, by although some I... Time, I, I, I and I think the fact is he'll, go ahead.
1: he'll survive it because he'll, he'll he'll survive all of this because all signs right now are, start, are starting to point to it. But I could tell you something. We get to this offseason. Say they say they get an interview with John Harbaugh and John Harbaugh really like they, they just wow him with an offer. But he says, look, I want total control and I want this guy out. mcagnan has gone. Because I'm not letting Harbaugh and, walk out
0: the door. And, and it may go down that way. Listen, that, that, again, that's going to be on ownership. That's going to be on Chris Johnson. They're going to be in the room to interview him together. I'm sure Chris Johnson will have some one-on-one time. Because, you know, that's what I was saying earlier. With, with, this, coach, which is, with this coaching search, once it's underway, I, I don't – it's probably going to happen. But I don't want another – you know, I don't want a 10th consecutive rookie head coach who's never had the job. And we don't know if he can do it to think because Harbaugh, I honestly, I would love to know Harbaugh's reputation among NFL players because by the time he left San Francisco, everyone in that building hated him. He left that organization in disarray because there was, again, that was actually, you know, one of the few times I was able to get some info from an insider and of course it wasn't Jets related. So it was, you know, it didn't really impact me much. But they said that, that that front office was left in disarray. Now, I think it's too, because the Niners' ownership wasn't uh, very strong. But San right. Francisco was a disaster when he left. And he, he supposedly is just so abrasive and so difficult to work for that San Francisco was willing to say, despite the success we've had with this guy, we got to let him go. And now we saw, who was, was it Brandon? Who was the former Giants running back who was like, clowning Harbaugh. Was it Brandon Jacobs?
1: Yes. Saying like, yes, it was. Like
0: I went I went to the Niners. I've never played for a little about, you know, scheming and game. I mean, he basically made Jim Harbaugh sound like a like a like a, a, a high school coordinator. He trashed him. Um and I don't know how players feel about Harbaugh. If if that's a general feeling that guys don't want to play for him, then the question comes in, do you want this guy when, you, when you're about to have $100 million and try to convince free agents to come to you? But, uh, but, right. but regardless of that, I don't I – they're probably going to end up with another rookie head coach. And I'm just, I'm just fed up with it. I want a guy who has done something at this level, either of the Harbaugh's. One of them's won a Super Bowl. The other one has been to a Super Bowl. Get me either one. Um it's probably going to end up being a De Filippo or a LaFleur or someone we're not even thinking about. The bottom line is that ownership is going to have to, is going to sit in on these interviews, these meetings, and McKagnon, like I said, with, with, with my, my feeling being that, I mean, he's more likely to survive than Bowles. And I think I attribute that, as I said earlier in the show, so many players, so many good players have regressed under Todd Bowles. And if I'm Mike McKagnon and I'm talking to Chris Johnson, I'm going to say, listen, we know Jermaine Kearse can play. We know Quincy Nunez can play. We know Robbie Anderson can play. We know Leonard Williams can play. We knew Sheldon Richardson could play. We knew Mo Wilkerson could play. They've all gotten worse. We knew when we, when we signed Tremaine Johnson that he could play. Every single one of these guys has taken drastic steps. Please can we get a coach in here to get the most out of these guys? And right. t- to me, that's a valid thing. I mean, the on-field results tell you that. It's not, it's not even, you know, it, I, I said weeks ago, this isn't about talking up receivers who have never done anything. But, you know, because you see that sometimes in the league. Oh, look, we right. had this guy, and, and the coach has never done anything with him. And then it turns out the guy plays for four other coaches, and he never does anything with them either. And it's like, okay, the guy just right. But that's not the case here. These are guys who, you know, I've talked about it a million times, His rookie year. From the, from the day he stepped in the league, all that dude do, did, all he does is blow past defensive backs. He's just had bad quarterbacks that have made his numbers look far less than what they should be. But he, right. he's, he's disappeared this season. Again, Jermaine Curse is a pro. He's disappeared this season. Quincy Anunno, he's, he's been nicked up a little bit, but again, the other day, four catches in the first half, none in the second half. I don't think he had a target in the second half. So if I'm the Jets, or if I'm my I'm going to say, look, you want to fire me, that's fine. But if, maybe if we had a head coach who got these guys to play at their best, we, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Maybe we're an 8 and eight team. You know, you beat Buffalo twice if this team plays to its full potential. I know they still got a game left, but I'm writing that one off as a loss. You, be, you beat Miami at least once, if not both times. Both winnable games right. where your receivers did nothing. You beat Cleveland if this team plays to their full potential. So as far as I'm concerned, isn't at a line to say, look at the number of players we have on this team that have played at a high level. And over the course of their time with Todd Bowles have moved backward. What the hell is up with Leonard Williams? What's going on there? This is a guy that in year two pro bowl. Yes. Okay. Pro bowl alternate in year two with seven sacks. I don't think he's had seven sacks since then. He's, he's He's now an invisible three sack per year guy. Who's now due to make $14 million next year? You might pay $14 million, so we've got to get you two or three sacks. And does Leonard Williams suck? Or is this another guy who joins Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson as highly talented defenders who 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 fall apart under Todd Bowles?
1: Yeah, it could. It, it's. It... Oh, Glenn. I mean, regard, regardless how you put it, I mean, Jeremy Bates. And his offense right now with this offense, and it has nothing to do with the tools that are on the field. I'm sick of hearing the arguments that the Jets have no weapons. The Jets have plenty of weapons.
0: garbage. It's garbage. So it's it's, garbage. So, I said at the top right, of the show, the prob- when, you, when you have David Nelson and Steven and Jeff Cumberland, then I'll give you we got no weapons. I, I agree with you. but you, And, and I, I hadn't mentioned Chris Herndon yet. Herndon, Inunwa, Anderson, Curse. that's enough to score more than seven friggin' points a game. That's enough to score yes. more than one touchdown every week. Are you kidding me? Get a, get a quarterback. Get Robbie Anderson open and a quarterback who can hit him. He, he's good for a couple touchdowns. We've seen him do it time and again. Right. We've seen him get full, open time full, and again. Full, I should say, and nobody hits him. Full, you hit that guy in stride. Those are big plays. Someone can make big plays? Right.
1: And, and the problem is, is that you've got you've got an offensive coordinator who, unfortunately, is now showing. His being away from the game for said period of time, regardless whether he was in the mountains, I don't care. I don't think he took his playbook with him in the mountains. Okay, so it's, it, all of the everything goes to coaching. It it starts and it ends with coaching, because I mean you 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 heard Bart Bart Scott completely eviscerate Todd Bowles after the the Miami. You heard Damian Woody and everybody else under the sun completely eviscerate Todd Bowles after the Buffalo game. We all know that Todd Bowles is dead man walking for these next five weeks. It's the question is what what are we going to be able to do for Sam Darnold that he's going to be able to 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 progress a little bit, even if he shows even if he shows minimal signs of of progression before the end of the year. Because if this is the case that they're just going go to keep going keep the offense vanilla then I'd rather see davis Webb out there show me what davis well, webb
0: let get yeah, what about the um with darnold and the way they're running this offense and again i just i don't get it if you look back to the first four games of the year, maybe even the first five um we were seeing him roll out more than any quarterback in the n f l left and right and right. and and to be fair to be you know. If we're going to be honest, it wasn't working a whole lot. It, it wasn't it, – he was really struggling throwing the ball on the run, which was a surprise to me because he did it so well in college. But it just wasn't working for him. Instead of dialing it back a little bit, it's like they completely took it out of the playbook. It's like one less thing for defensive coordinators to think about. And I don't understand. I, I, think, I think at one point, by week three or four, he was rolling out roughly nine times a game, which was most in the NFL. And then you go from nine times a game to, like, none. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, okay, I understand scaling it back a little bit, but what's the point in completely removing it from your playbook and giving you one less weapon? And I'm hoping that in time, you know, you talk about these last five games, I'm hoping that we see that incorporated once again and that, you know, it's something that, that they, they start to do. But these last five games are worrisome for a few reasons. And number one being, you know, is Todd Bowles, does Todd Bowl I don't think Todd Bowles has any interest in developing these young guys. And this is the same thing we saw with Rex on his way out. Right. You no, know, you're in a lost season. You have a bunch of guys who the jury is still out on and you need to see them get some reps. I mean, honestly, Mo Claiborne has not been that good that you can look at him and say, oh, we can't bench that guy. He's had some good games. He's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. But you have a bunch of young corners on this roster, and Mo Claiborne is on a one-year deal. Sit Mo Claiborne. Let's see Derek Jones a little bit. Let's see Rashard Robinson. Thank you. These guys guys could be here for the long term, and let's let's see if they can play a little. But does Todd Bowles have any interest in doing that? Not really. And that, you know, I can't even knock him for that. Listen, guys want to save their own jobs. Even as much as you know, uh, when Rex went, I knew it was time for him to go. Uh, you know, I liked them a lot before that, and I, I knocked him in that last year for not playing young guys. But there's the party that understands: hey, this is a dude trying to keep his job. And if he like, if Todd Bowles is looking at Derek Jones and Richard Robinson and Perry Nickerson that and saying uh, I can't afford to play these guys right now, th- then then what what that that's another reason to fire Todd Bowles. Because if you bring in a head coach who knows he's got a ton of you know. I mean, talk about a long leash. Like, hey, man, it's your show for six weeks. You know, let's try to win some games or, and let's try to develop some players. Maybe, maybe that coach is going to do the right thing. But you know, another guy that I really want to see more of, I want to see some more Jordan Leggett. I mean, the guy, I feel like he only sees one or two targets every couple of weeks, but he catches. He had one ball he didn't catch last week, which was a terrible throw. He had, no, he had no chance at it. But he, he batted it up in the air and almost pulled it down. I mean, Jordan Leggett looked really good as a number two tight end. And, and why does Eric Tomlinson have a roster spot at this point? He's here, right. to be a blocking ti- he's here to be a blocking tight end, and he hasn't been a very good blocker this year. He was last year. You know, I understood, so it made sense keeping him this year. But he has not been nearly good enough this year to say, yeah, you got to keep him around. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he, he should be riding the pine. He really shouldn't be on the roster. But if he's going to be on the roster, he needs to be on the bench. And let's see what Jordan Leggett can do.
1: Let's, yeah, see, some absolutely.
0: More, let's see some more Eli McGuire. Let's, let's see more than five or six carries a game for Eli McGuire. The I mean, only
1: way, though, Glenn, that, that all of these young guys are going to play is if Chris Johnson or somebody from the front office comes down and tells both McKagnon and Bowles, get these guys in the lineup. Because I, I think that right now, Todd Bowles doesn't believe he's getting fired. He, he probably, he, he's probably left in a state of limbo where he doesn't know what's going to happen to him after these past six weeks. So the only thing that he's going to do is, in his mind, he's going to put the personnel out there that he feels is going to give him the best chance to win games. When it, it, in this year, and much like you started our conversation off with, you had no expectation for wins or losses. This is supposed to be a development year. Not play veterans. Not worry about win loss record. Develop Sam Donald. Develop your develop your rookies. Get your rookies on the field and see exactly what you have in the cupboard. And the problem is, right now at this point in the season, we're right back at the same point where we were going into week one with complete unknowns. We don't know who, does, who who's good enough. We don't know who should stay, who should go. I mean, we we all have our own personal opinions, but you know, again, we're going to finish the season with more questions and answers, nothing nothing really being being established, and basically wasting Sam Donald's rookie year.
0: Yeah, That's what I, doing. I, I, I know. It, it's, like I said, the expectations could not have been lower, um, and, and, and Todd Bowles has failed to meet them. It's beyond – I mean, it really is – and I'm, I'm doing a, an article on this at the moment. It's hard to believe that the Jets have found a way to, to, in a season where no matter what the record was, fans should be – the vibes, the feeling around the team, the conversation should all be – I think should be good because we believe we finally got the damn quarterback after 50 years without one. We, it finally looks like we got the quarterback. And it's week – by week nine, fans were checked out, pissed off, ready to move on, and, and tired of this football season already. And yep. they are. Fans are still going to watch, but it, it's painful. It's, it sucks right now watching this team. I mean, it, it's just – you feel like at the very best-case scenario with Dan Darnold, they're in neutral because everything is a yeah. three and out. Everything is a three and out. Everything is, everything is run short. It, it, it's Brian Schottenheimer all over again. Third and eight, run a yep. six yard route. Third and ten, run an eight yard route. Everything is short of the sticks. When something works a little bit, like running the game, running the ball, you got away from it. Despite all yep. these other weeks where you couldn't run it to save your lives, and you kept running it up up the middle, averaging the carry. It, it's yep. so backward that it's it's beyond frustrating.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It's, 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 it's no idea.
0: It, it's beyond frustrating. This team has managed like I said, they've managed to suck the life out of the fan base in a year where it would it would have been okay to go, you know, 5 and 11, 6 and 10. Because it it right. wasn't suppo- it was supposed to happen in a way that the quarterback was going to develop. And again, for my money, they should have been better than 5 and 11 or 6 and you were five and eleven last year, and you you upgraded at corner one, at corner two, at center, at guard, at receiver, got better everywhere, and you're gonna. I mean, I don't see another win on the schedule. Hell, anything can happen. Maybe you play somebody, and a you know a quarterback gets knocked out for a game, and you beat somebody's backup. That's the possible. Jets I don't win another
1: game this season. Jets, yeah, like the I Jets said, don't yeah. Win. The Jets don't win another game this season. This season, right now, the way that they are now, get ready for it. They're going to be 3-13 and when they finish. There is no way around it because they're not beating Tennessee this week. They're not beating Buffalo in Buffalo next week, not with that defense. And as, as far as I'm concerned, Todd Bowles can pull as many rabbits out of his ass as he wants. He's getting fired at the end of the year. So, to me – Right now, it's, what, what I'm looking at is these next five games, this is all an extension of preseason all over again. You better get those rookies out there. You better get people in there to, 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 to get some practice. Find a way to get Sam Darnold out there so he can continue to, to perfect this offense, at least for right now, to, so that way he can read some defenses and make some reads or whatever, take whatever lumps he's got to take, And just be done with it. That's it.
0: Listen, I agree. Thank you so much for the call. I think think it's good for uh, all of us to be able to vent at the moment because this is just a a season from hell. And like I said, if you would have told me before the year, I really thought this year, I thought, you know, the losses are going to come, but I'm going to take it in stride because it's just about Darnold. I'm not going to worry about the other stuff. It's just about Darnold. And uh, now we've got Darnold in neutral, uh, again, thin three and outs, constantly running short of the sticks, not stretching the field, not letting him roll out. Basically, they they basically handcuffed the kid and, and you know now sitting him because his foot is sore, I mean, missing time with a sore foot. Um, yep. and, and, and is that a matter of – is Todd Bowles looking at this and going – well, I probably could put him out there, but maybe, maybe the veteran gives me a better shot to win a game or two and save my job. Let me trot McCown out there for a couple weeks and try to, try to pad this win total. But um, right. no, no matter how you look at it, the season's an embarrassment. They've, the Jets away way against all odds, found a way to suck the life out of this season. I don't know about you, but I am so tired of thinking draft in week eight or nine. I mean we wait we wait all damn year for the season to start and two months in the season is over. Two months we basically get if you're a Jets fan right now, over the course of the last three, four years, you get five or six games where you're still quote unquote in it. Yeah, it's in, your record stinks, the team stinks, everyone underperforms, your best players don't show up on a consistent basis. You know, I said it earlier, Mo Wilk, Sheldon Richardson, now they're dealing with it with Leo. Tremaine Johnson finally had a decent game against the Pats, one of the few bright spots. We didn't see him get smoked on a bunch of deep balls. But your, your best, highest-paid players consistently not showing up, despite the fact that we know they can play because we've seen them do it. Yep. So, five more games of this garbage, and then hopefully it's a Harbaugh or, or they catch lightning in a bottle, and they get a, a young guy. Because, again, that's my gut, is it's going to be another first-time coach. And I think that's going to be, uh, I don't know, we, we've seen this before. I mean, w- Parcells, was he the last guy they hired that had coaching experience? Uh, yeah. Al Groh, Herm Edwards, it's all first-timers, Rex, everybody. Yep. Every, 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 everybody's never had a job before. And the, guys were the guys who have never proven that they can coach. And this is what we get, because it's not any, you know, fans, I, I, think, I think coaching and drafting, the, 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 the difficulty, how hard it is to do that job, I think has been lost on fans because they play too much Madden. Everyone thinks that, you know, every draft pick should be, uh, you know, you should never miss on a draft pick. And every, every player you draft should be awesome. And why can't you just win every week as a head coach? It's, there's a reason why the best coaches in the league get paid what they do. And, and it's time for this organization to stop handing the keys to to to, to a guy who's never done it before. Um, so thanks for calling in. Again, we, uh, you know, like I said, we're doing Wednesdays now just because it gives us a little more time to to take a look at the All-22 and speak a little bit better to that week's game. Too many times on the, on the Tuesday nights, the All-22 wouldn't be out yet. And I'd be trying to speak on a game based on just sort of, you know, the, the TV angle and not being able to see it as well. So I wanted yep, to go to Wendy thanks for that. So uh, thanks for coming All
1: right. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. I appreciate it. You take care. Uh,
0: you too now. Take care. take
1: care. Take care.
0: So a lot covered there. Like I said, uh, we, 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 went, we went long there because this has just been a, a – it's uh, the, the need to vent – is definitely there. I don't think any Jets fan would argue with that. It's just been a a comedy, a comedy of errors on the season. Whether it's the penalties, the play calling, the coaching all around, the inconsistency. It's just it, it's hard to get your head around it. It really is. And uh, I, I I got I got up and running so quick today that I didn't I didn't take time to thank our sponsor. So let me do that real quick, thelinebacker.com. Football season's in full swing, and as we know, that's, that means a lot, of, a lot of guys starting their annual donation season at their local sports book or bookie. But it doesn't have to be that way. Linebacker produces winning sports predictions based off thousands of game simulations. It's easy to use, and its customized betting profile it tells you which team to back and how much to bet. JetNation.com listeners can get a 25% discount on their first linebacker purchase when they use the promo code JETNATION, J-E-T-NATION, at com, Sign up for a free trial today, get some winning picks, and make yourself some more money. So check them out, linebacker.com. Normally get that at the top of the show, but uh, jump right in, because it's been a, an embarrassing season. This team, This team, I mean... There's a very good chance this team finishes 3 and 13. And I'm I'm sorry but I'm I'm not ready to start doing shows about the damn draft. It's week 11, but let's face it. Especially if we're going to keep, you know, if we're going to keep watching Sam Darnold pace on the sidelines with his sore foot. What the hell, what do you what do you talk about for a team with a 39-year-old quarterback that scores one touchdown a week? The best thing you have going is that you're you're on your way to a top five pick again. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm watching I'm watching college games. I'm 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 looking at prospects. But geez, I know I know you guys are tired of this too. How can you not be tired of of looking forward to the draft every year? In week eight, week nine, all damn year we wait for football season to start. Just stay competitive, you know? Finish around 500. Give us a reason to give a damn about the games beyond week eight. Beyond week nine. That's been too tall of an order for Todd Bowles and the Jets. Another disastrous season. This this one of the, I mean, this is, by the time they finish up, like I said, and, you know, there's no reason this team should win another game. Put it that way. Stranger things have happened. Buffalo, even though they beat the Jets by a million a couple weeks ago, a team like that, a guy like Josh Allen, he can come out and, you know, that guy can come out and go seven for 25 one game, and you steal a win. They're not going they're not, Basically, if the Jets win another game, it's going to be a case of another team beating themselves. They're going to need, a, they're going to need another team and just not show up one week. And maybe you steal one, but it doesn't matter at this point. The wins and losses didn't matter when the season started; they mean even less now, because this this season is just uh, hard, hard to hard to to comprehend that they've been this bad. Like I said, I was I I thought with all the additions, I thought with all the upgrades, they would be a better team, not a great team, but I thought well, God, they're not going to win five games again. With I mean, we how are we hearing it. Todd Bowles doesn't have corners. He doesn't have corners. You get him Tremaine Johnson. All of a sudden Tremaine Johnson forgets how to play football. Everybody forgets how to play football for Todd Bowles. And then and then because fans have short memories, I gotta hear people telling me there's nobody to throw the ball to. That wasn't such an issue last year, was it? With the same damn guys, upgraded guys this year. So on to Tennessee, Marcus Mariota and company. That's a team that they're stuck up front. They just beat the brakes off of uh, off New England a couple of weeks ago. Really impressive game for them. And now you're going into their building as a team that, that y- you can't score a point. I mean, they held New England to what? Ten? What was the game? Let me look that up real quick. Five ten game, wasn't it? Somewhere in that vicinity. And yeah, thirty four ten. Sorry, thirty four ten. Then they go out and lose thirty eight ten. So they've given up over thirty in the last two weeks. Okay, so. They were on a nice little run. They had a five-week stretch where they never, where they didn't give up more than 21 points. Point total: 1, 20, 14, 10. Then they run into Andrew Luck and the Colts. They give up 38. Then they play the Texans. Give up 34. Now with the Jets coming to town, I would I would expect it's another game where they hold their opponent to 10 points or fewer. You got Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota went like 23 for 24 the other day. I didn't watch that game, so I'm not gonna. I I have no idea. I don't know if he threw 15 screen passes, but uh, the 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 window. I did not have a chance to watch that game yet. But they have a couple of decent backs. They can run the ball. They have a you know sort of thunder and lightning thing. Derrick Henry is this monster, and then Dion Lewis, the, the little scat back at at, at receiver Corey Davis has been a monster for them. He's got himself 49 catches for 700 yards and a few touchdowns. He's been a really good player. And up front on defense, they have they have some guys who can who can cause some havoc. You know, they they we've seen them shut down some good teams. They kind of spread it around a little bit. They don't have like a 10 sack guy. Jayon Brown's got some sacks. Jarrell Casey, defensive tackle, four and a half. Brown's got five. Three and a half for Wesley Woodyard, linebacker. Wesley Woodyard. So so, the line is playing. They also got Harold Lannery in the draft. That was a guy I really liked. Boston College. He's only got a couple sacks, but he's a Would have loved to see the Jets grab him. You know the secondary, secondary isn't bad either. They added Malcolm Butler after he had his issue with the Patriots. Logan Ryan's another guy. He's got himself all picks. So they have some plays. And let's face it, I mean, you have to be a good defense to stop. I would, I would say probably not. Um, I, I have a hard time envisioning a defense. It can't stop the Jets at the moment, so it'll be another 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 loss for the Jets on the road. Is it even is it even worth throwing out a prediction? Twenty four three Titans. How about that? Twenty four three. Say twenty four ten. Let's let's say let's say Josh McCown heaves one up there, and uh, and actually connects with Robbie Anderson. Which that's kind of a point I made before the game. In regards to the offense, when it's going this this poorly, why not just get, get Trenton Cannon involved? Get Eli McGuire, listen, look at your roster. Who are your most explosive guys? Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, Trenton Cannon. And the Eli McGuire plays like it. Just focus on getting the ball to those guys. Get the ball in someone's hands who might make a guy miss and then get to the end zone. Just I I know it's I know it's unlikely, but give you, give yourself a chance to put some points on the board. So we'll see how they handle it. We'll see how Todd Bowles, with just a few games left as the Jets head coach, goes into this one. Could be another week of a uh, heavy three and outs. Routes short of the sticks and uh, confusion as the uh, as the Jets drop another one. So that's that's my expectation. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Sam Darnold plays. He did practice today. He was limited. First time he's practiced since his foot injury. But at the end of the day, if if it's another disastrous day for Darnold, it's uh, this is this is a tough season of stomach, folks. Hang in there. Hang in there. Five weeks to go. Todd Bowles will be on. Hopefully we have a Harbaugh on the way in. Although, like I said, I think we're going to be looking at a, a Cliff Kingsbury or LaFleur or, or Filippo. Those names that keep getting tossed around. Talk to David Shaw. I've mentioned him a few times. At least he's a, he's a guy with some NFL experience. Get a guy who's been in the league, who knows the league a little bit. Hopefully, get this thing turned around, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for us. Thanks for tuning in. As I said, from now on, new show, day and time, p.m. Thanks for joining us tonight. Have a great night.